Hi, my name is Paige Albright, and this is Life After a Trojan, a podcast where I interview past Trojans to see what they've done since their time at West and what they remember most from high school. This episode's guest is Emily Hughes, a 1986 graduate who attended the University of Michigan, and we are going to be talking about her career as a public defender and now as a professor at the University of Iowa's College of Law. So, what was your major when you were in college? I majored in English, and, and then I had a minor in political science. And the political science one kind of came about in a weird way, which was I was taking French in college and ended up going to France for a year. And the school that I was at in France was a political science school. So it was kind of a super weird way to get a minor in political science because almost all of the classes were in French in France. So, so that was kind of a, a funny combination, English with political science classes that were mostly French. Oh, I'm sure that was that was interesting because, like, I don't know if you were fluent in French, French, so you're, like, trying to learn French and then trying to learn something else while translating out of French into English. <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. I was not fluent when I went. By the time I left, I was fluent, but it was definitely a steep learning curve. That was part of the, part of the fun of it, for sure. Um, so... Uh, with your Rhodes, with the Rhodes Scholarship application, what is the process like? So the process, I have to say, the whole process was really interesting. I didn't end up getting selected, but um, what there was a process within the school itself, and uh, in terms of writing an essay and being interviewed, and then when you made it kind of out of that round, there was um, a regional competition. I remember going to Minneapolis. For the final rounds of it and what I remember most from the process was just the people along the way I mean the other people that I met who were being interviewed were so interesting I mean one woman wanted to be an astronaut and somebody else wanted to go into politics and um, I have to say the meeting of the people was one of the most phenomenal and, and fun parts of the whole process that sounds I've never met anyone who's interested in being an astronaut that sounds really cool exactly exactly no she was great I in fact I um I should have followed up I don't know what happened to her but I have a feeling she might be she might be working for NASA I have no idea um after you graduated from undergrad at Michigan uh which law school did you go to I went to the University of Michigan again I took a, I took several years off between the end of college and law school um, I got a graduate degree at Yale for part of the time, and then the other part of the time I just worked. Uh, so after working for a couple of years and then getting a master's, I went back to Michigan and went to law school. Um, did you enjoy law school? You know, I have to say I really did. I know, I know everybody doesn't necessarily enjoy law school, but what I loved about law school is I had some fantastic professors, and then I also just met this amazing group of friends, and I had this circle of about about five to eight friends that just became some of my closest people in the world. And the opportunity to meet those people and learn with and from those people, I thought was one of the best parts of law school. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of what we were learning, which I, I didn't think I would be so excited about what I was learning, um, I thought, you know, you go to law school to get the law degree and then you do something with it. But I actually really did enjoy the process. 
I've, I, 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 don't, I don't know anything of what law school is like, but <laughs> that sounds nice, especially so, having close friends to help you through it. So, yeah, I, I found that, you know, the, the part of law school is what you learn in the classroom, but another huge part of law school for me was just what I learned from the people that I met. And thinking, you because know, everybody's doing the same reading, if you're in the same class, you're doing the same reading, and part of the learning process is learning with each other, you know, kind of meeting in small groups outside of the classroom and thinking through, you know, you read a case, um, you know, and, and cases are really just stories of something that happened to somebody and then how somebody problem solved through it. And then sometimes they problem solve in a good way and sometimes in a not good way and it ends up in court. And then the court helps problem solve again. And so what I loved about talking to friends about cases is it's kind of this group problem solving and people come at it from different perspectives and experiences and I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, what was one of the biggest takeaways like either from a professor or just from like the course in general at law school or in law school? So I've had a couple of big takeaways. One um, is thinking through my criminal law classes and thinking through, you know, some of the kind of upper level, like kind of the, there's the basic criminal law class and then there's the more advanced criminal procedure classes. Um, one thing I re that really struck me in law school was that p people are more than sort of the worst thing they've ever done, and, and that there are, it's just, life is so much more complicated than what appears on the page, and so part of that I learned by starting to represent people in law school. So law schools have clinics, and you get to start being a lawyer even when you're in law school, kind of like in med school when you're a resident and you're being very closely supervised by, uh, by doctors. Um, and so we have the equivalent in law school and when I started actually representing people, I learned that, you know, what appears on paper or what maybe gets printed in the news, you know, in the news or appears on TV or something, that there's such a, there's such a deeper story to everything than kind of the surface level story that um, that, that the public might hear. And, and understanding how complex everything was was, um, was a big part of, of what I learned in law school. Um, what made you, would you think that was really one of the big lessons that made you like look into criminal law instead of like a more not in the courtroom type of law? You know, it's so funny because when I went to law school, Criminal law was nowhere on my mind of anything I would want to do. And so one of my things I always tell people who are interested in law school is whatever you think you're going to do with your law degree, that's great, but be open to anything because you never know when you go through your classes, something else might just kind of hit your heart and you realize that this is something that just moves you in a way that um, you, you never even imagined. And for me, uh, my first year of law school usually – most schools across the country, you have to take certain courses. You don't really get to choose your courses. And so I went through all those courses, and I loved my first year criminal law class. But I thought it was because I had this amazing teacher, because he was amazing. Yale Kamazar was just a fantastic teacher. He would get so excited about the material, and he would, his whole face would turn red, and he would just, he was so 
in the moment of teaching us that you had to be excited about it. And so I left my first year, you know, going into the summer thinking, well, that was a great class, but I didn't think criminal law would be what I wanted to do. And then that first summer, the work that I did, I got to see some criminal cases and some civil cases. And I found myself drawn to the criminal cases. And I thought, well, that's interesting, but I didn't go to school to be a criminal law lawyer, right? And I went back my second year, and I took some of the upper-level classes, and a couple of them were criminal law classes. And I just felt like, you know, you have all this reading you have to do in law school. And the reading that I looked forward to was all the criminal law reading. And I thought, I should think about this a little bit more if that's what I look forward to doing every day. Um, and then when I got to start representing people, it was on criminal cases, and then I was just gone. I just was totally into it. Uh, so do you think like that, like enjoying those classes so much is what made you think that you wanted to be a public defender? So when I, I do, I think it was partly the classes and I think it was partly the teachers who taught me. So I talked about Yale Kamazar was my first year criminal law teacher. I had two teachers in the upper level years. One was Sam Gross and the other was Andrew Lyon. And um, Sam Gross, uh, what I got to work on with him was uh, an appeal for a, a capital case, so a case where somebody was seeking a death penalty against somebody. And in this case, it was an appeal, which means somebody had already been convicted and was going to be sentenced to death. And they, um, it was a case not in Michigan where I went to law school. It was somewhere else in the country. But one of the things people may not know is when you get far enough along in the appeal process, even on a death penalty case, you don't necessarily automatically get a lawyer. I mean, there, as you get farther up in the appeal process, there's no guarantee of a right to a lawyer. And so a lot of the work for like post-conviction, which means appeals that are farther along in the process, is kind of recruiting lawyers across the country to do these cases for free. Pro bono is what the word is, but basically it's will you give your time and do these cases. So this professor had volunteered to do one of these cases, and what he did was, it was he taught it as a class, and, and a small group of us got to work on this case together. And to this day, I still remember sitting in his office like five of us around the computer and basically line editing this brief, you know, this writing that we had to do for the court together. And it was such this, it was this monumental moment for me because I got to sort of see into the mind of my professor and how he would write it. But then he was also really looking to us about what we would do and this collaborative nature of it, plus just the material, you know, the case that we were working on was, was really, um, it really moved me. And then there was another uh, professor, too, Andrea Lyon, who um, is the person that I got to do my clinical work with and represent people. And she had been in downtown Chicago and had moved to Michigan and um, made a huge impact on me as well. Um, outside of those cases, uh, were there any other cases that you felt really made an impact on you while you were, um, like, practicing law? Absolutely. Well, so, and this is kind of my segue to, to how I left law school and started doing public defense and then death penalty work, is I was sitting in Andrea Lyon's office. I can still, I can still see it. It's like brick, you know, these 
stone bricks around her, and we were sitting talking about a case we were working on when the phone rang, and she answered the phone, and it was somebody calling from uh, a, a southern state, uh, I won't say the state, but somebody calling from a southern state that um, needed help on a death penalty case. And the case was set for trial within about five months, one of the things you have to do on a death penalty case is you investigate kind of the entire social history about somebody. So it's like, who were they? Like, what led this person to sort of make the worst mistake they've ever made in their life and now be, you know, possibly getting the death penalty? And the reason they were calling my professor is because the, the client was from Michigan. And so all of the work to kind of develop this social history, like where did they go to school, where did they go to high school, where did they go to grade school, you know, what did they do between that moment when they graduated from high school and the moment when they committed this murder and now they're they're seeking the death penalty against this person. The person was from Michigan, and so she got off the phone and she said, they need somebody to investigate this case, like, do you want to do this your last semester of law school? And so I spent my last semester of law school basically being an investigator for this death penalty case in the southern state. And uh, that that is what just moved me in the direction of, um, you know, I was interviewing witnesses. I was finding records. Um, I graduated from law school, and the very next day I went to the, to the state where the trial had just begun, and then I was sort of the, you know, a person that was helping out, kind of putting the witnesses on the stand. I couldn't, I couldn't ask any questions to the witnesses because I wasn't a lawyer yet. I just graduated like the day before, but I had, but I knew the witnesses because I'd interviewed them up in Michigan. And so I guess the point of all this is I did that when I was in law school and then the day after I graduated, you know, the case went on for, for uh, a week plus. And what, what I came away with was, you know, you can, do, you can do things that make a difference right now. Like, you don't have to wait 20 years. You don't have to wait 40 years. Like, you can make a difference right now in people's lives. And, and the skills that you have when you leave law school, the skills that you have even before law school, right? Like, what you're doing right now with this podcast and interviewing people, like, these skills will serve you in so many different ways. And so that case really opened my mind to to what could be done right now and that it's important to make a difference right now and not wait to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little bit, like, off, off on the side, but I was just wondering, because you do work with, like, the death penalty, had you ever have you ever had a case go to the Supreme Court? Or have you ever been involved with the Supreme Court? So really interesting because you. Um, I've got two answers to the question. One is, I, um, in terms of cases I'm involved with, one of the things I do right now is I serve on the National Association for Public Defense, which is a national organization that is uh, about representing people who are indigent and who can't afford to pay for their own lawyers on all kinds of cases across the country. And my role in that group is I am co-chair of the amicus committee and amicus means friends of the court. So um, cases that are going to the United States Supreme Court, one of the things that happens is there are additional briefs that are filed. So additional, 
you know, arguments are filed on behalf of the clients. And so one of the things I do right now is work with attorneys across the country, and we're constantly filing briefs inside the United States Supreme Court. So, um, so there's that aspect to your question. And then there's a kind of an unusual answer to your question, which is the least likely case you would ever have imagined to go to the United States Supreme Court was turned out to be one of my cases. And I guess that's another lesson I learned is you never know what case the United States Supreme Court is going to take. I mean, they only take between 50 and 60 cases a year. It's like a, you know, blue moon that your case ends up there. But one of the cases of mine that went to the Supreme Court was from here in Iowa City, and it was a case I had as a public defender right in downtown Iowa City, and the case was a drunk driving case. So it's like the totally likely case you would ever imagine to go. But the argument was that, um, just a little background, is you know, a first offense drunk driving charge carries a certain set of penalties. And then if you get charged again, you know, you pick up a second offense drunk driving, you get higher penalties. And if you get charged a third time, so, you you know, now it's the third time you've, you've been drinking and driving, your third offense, it actually turns into a felony in Iowa. And so my argument was that I looked at the two prior cases that my client had and one of them, it didn't seem like they had followed the right rules, like the procedure had not been followed correctly. And so my argument was that um, even though he had, this was in fact his third conviction, that one of the prior convictions shouldn't count, it, at least in terms of making this into a felony. Like he should still be in misdemeanor land and not go up to have it be a felony. And I made this argument, it was a pretty just regular run-of-the-mill argument to make in court and um, I preserved the issue for appeal and we appealed it and actually during the appeal process is when I left to go to Chicago to start doing death penalty work. So I was in Chicago and I got a call from one of my friends back at the public defender's office and he said, you're never going to believe it. That case is going to the United States Supreme Court. And so... Um, so I was no longer the attorney on the case, because usually you're not, once you're a trial attorney, you hand the case off to an appellate attorney, and then they do. And so the Iowa public, you know, the appellate office was doing the uh, case in front of the Supreme Court. But I wrote an amicus brief for it, and then flew to D.C. and was in the, you know, was in the gallery when the court heard the case. So that was, was really interesting to see this little old, you would have never have dreamed in a million years that this case would go to the United States Supreme Court, and it went all the way up. And we lost big time, but it was still fun to get to the court. <laughs> um, okay, so my final question for you is, um, if you had the chance to, like, go back and, like, just, like, in the beginning of, like, your career, even if, like, not switching careers entire entirely, but, like, just choosing a different branch of the law, like career in general or system, would you choose like a different branch or do you think that you would stick with what you picked initially? Wow, that's a great question. I love being a lawyer um, and I love teaching. And so the fact that I ended up where I am getting to still be a lawyer and still have my hand in cases while I'm also getting to teach people how to do that, 
I just feel like the luckiest person in the world that I was able to figure out a way to put them together. The, the public defense part of it, what I love about public defense and representing indigent people who are you know, charged with crimes who can't afford to pay for their own lawyers is that I just, I really do believe that everybody's more than the worst choice they ever made or the worst thing they ever did and that it's important for everybody to, to have their voice heard in court. And, and then it's up to the jury to decide or the judge to decide what happens. It's not for me to have any sort of moral judgment on the, on the person because then our whole system falls apart, right? If their lawyer is, you know, judging them, that's not my role. If my role is to give them the best possible defense so that our system can work. And if at the end of the day the person is convicted, but they had their voice heard and it was the strongest possible case that could be made for them, I really feel like that's powerful. And, and, and one of the privileges, like why I feel so strongly about it, is because everybody has a story. I mean, everybody has a million things that have happened to them in their life that form who they are. And one of the real, really amazing things about being a public defender is you are constantly getting to learn people's stories and, and the privilege of holding those stories and then trying to figure out what's appropriate to say and what's not appropriate to say. Um, I just, I love the, the story aspect of it as well as the, just the justice aspect, putting them both together. Really, that's really nice. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say thank you again for doing this with me.